Welcome back. This is the Axiom Youth Podcast. This is a special edition. It consists of a panel of our young adults from our church. This panel will be addressing important issues that our young people have brought up. Sister Amy Valerie is on this panel. She goes to Southern Arkansas University. Sister Valerie Lebunsky is from Wisconsin and is currently working here in Arkansas. Sister Mary Bryan is from Texas, and she's attending Indiana Bible College. Brother Zach Hudspeth, he's also attending IBC. Brother Cody Stroud, he is attending Arkansas State University at BB. Sister Caitlin Laney is also attending IBC. And our guest, Brother Brian Hurd, who is from the Pentecostals of Jonesboro. Brother Jared Turner, our youth pastor, is the moderator. We thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Before we get started, and then we're going to jump right in to uh, your questions, okay? But that's why one of the main reasons we wanted to do this again is because you asked uh, some very good questions last time, and some of them related to the topic, and then some of them brought up new issues that we want to talk about. So we're going to uh, give them uh, to our panel, and I want to welcome to our panel Brother Brian. Give Brother Brian a hand. He is from Jonesboro, and he's on the youth staff there, and he is married to Sister Melissa. How many know Sister Melissa? Remember her? Yeah. And he is in Little Rock working, right? And so he came down to be with us, and he decided to slip back in, and, and Brother Junior was looking for you. I told him right, we've stolen him, and we're going to put him to work. So we're thankful that he's here, and he's going to give his insights. And so make sure you listen attentively. And Sister Caitlin has made it. Let's give her a hand. She's, she is playing uh, piano. Yes, yes she is. Okay, but now here we go. Now we're, she will be here in a minute. So let's pray and let's ask the Lord just to help us. I want you to focus. I want you to, uh, you know, take some notes, pay attention, listen, and just let's let the Lord speak to us and on these very important issues. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for these great young adults and, and leaders that are here. And God, I pray that you would just help them, that you would give them wisdom, God, to speak and to answer these questions, Lord, that I believe these young people asked with a good heart, an open heart. I pray that we would be able to find the answers, God, to serve you better and to live for you with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, our whole everything. God, help us, Lord to do what you've called us to do in this last day, and we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let me just start off by saying last time we did uh, a little, we talked about um, kind of your thought life, right, controlling your thoughts, uh, young men and young ladies, how they think about, we talked about modesty, how you think about young, you know, young ladies, how young men and all that kind of that goes into that relationship as far as friends, right? How do you go to school? Maybe not everybody's dressed modestly, right? You remember that. We're refreshing your mind. How do you keep your mind pure as young men if there's young ladies that are not dressing modestly? And then young ladies, how do you understand, you know, if you see other young ladies dressing immodestly and they're getting a lot of attention, all that kind of stuff, right? Remember that? So we're going to jump back in because there was a very good question that was asked, and it said that how can you keep your mind pure when you are in a relationship? Okay, now that, the reason I thought this was a good question is because most everybody dates before they get married. It's probably a good thing, right? So we're not anti-dating, right? Because you've got to date 
you don't want to just marry the first stranger you see on the sidewalk, right? You want to know that the person you're going to marry is a good person, right? So obviously to do that, you have to date. So you, there's going to be a time, not in the, in the future, right? Maybe the distant future, but not so distant future, really. We understand that, where you're going to enter into a relationship. But now, once you've done that, what steps do you take to guard yourself against all the pitfalls we talked about, about being a single person, okay? So what we'll do is just whoever wants to start that, I know we have some in a relationship, some that aren't, so we'll kind of get both perspectives, but what are some practical tips when you're in a relationship, how do you safeguard yourself from falling into the same traps that a single person might fall into? Because it doesn't make it any better. I think this person who wrote the question understands it doesn't make it any better just because you say we're official doesn't mean God sanctions anything, right? So we're trying to live holy as single people just because you say now they're my girlfriend, they're my boyfriend doesn't exempt us, right? I think we understand that. So what safeguards do you have in place? What kind of things do you do? Uh, Whoever wants to start. The question was what now? When you enter into a relationship, how do you keep yourself... Okay, well, um, first of all, I want to say thank you to Jared and Nikki for allowing me to be up here, and I, I want to give honor to your leadership. And um, I dated Melissa for six years, and so I, I consider myself a dating expert. And so I wanted to, to be sure to, to jump in first. So we have to be faced with the reality that there are going to be thoughts that enter into our minds that are not perfect thoughts. That's just the reality of the situation you will encounter throughout your life. You will think wrongly about many things. And when you're dating, the reality is your mind will go to things that are probably not the most appropriate. So what do you do in those situations? Number one, you don't act on it. I mean, that, that should be the most obvious thing. So what you do in that place to set up a safeguard is you've got to make your mind up before you're in a situation where you could act on those thoughts that you won't get into that situation. Ultimately, you are in control of the way you think, how you think, and the actions that you take. We're not a victim of something coming into our lives and forcing us to do certain things and conduct ourselves in certain ways. We've got to take control of our own lives. We've got to crucify our own mind and submit it to the will of God. And so, like I said, so what you do is before you even get into a relationship, you need to make your mind up today that when you date, that you won't, do, you won't do dating with just you and that significant other, but you'll take somebody with you. Uh, bringing accountability into your life is going to safeguard you. Because um, you, you, where you're at right now in the stage that you are is you want to start setting yourself up for the future. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where um, someone could um, accuse you of something. You want to have a safety net. You want to take somebody with you. Uh, to be kind of a help, to, to help you out, make sure things aren't done. You've got to make your mind up that you're not going to get into a back seat with somebody. That's a decision we've got to make before we get into a relationship. And so what I would say is step one, don't act on, don't act on impure thoughts. And number two would be make your mind up before you have the opportunity of what you're going to do in that situation. Anyone else? Um, I would say, like, also... With that, you know, resist the devil and he will flee. Like, that's true. Um, echoing off of what you said. And also, like, just be careful. Like, 
don't be super flirty. They're not your husband. Don't, like, you don't, like, there's Bible space right here. <laughs> and the same amount of Bible space between me and Zach. Like, that, and that's not the prop, the popular thing, but it's the proper thing, you know. Um, and then Sam goes on a lot of our dates. And Valerie goes on a lot of our dates. And so, like, that, that's important, like he said, accountability. But um, when we first started dating, you know, we've been dating almost four years, which is not smart as young as we were. Like, if we had been in this youth group with this youth leader, that would not have happened, but that's not what God allowed for our lives. And it, it worked out that way. But what I would suggest, like, is we promise each other that things would not get to a place where we could be in a situation where we'd want to do that. And we're here four years later, and that promise was not just between him and I, but, like, we sat there and we prayed about that. And I wasn't even in church yet. So, you know, making up your mind, like you said, don't just make it between you and, you and him because that's an eternal thing. Like, make it a God thing, too. You wouldn't want to date anybody for any other reason. I'm just going to say that, like. Put God in it. Just to uh, highlight a point that she just mentioned that I think was so good that um, talking about, um, let me say this. All right, so you ha- how many in here have cell phones? All right, how many in this room get nervous when somebody else has your cell phone? Why is that? Because it's your cell phone. So it's important that we keep our hands to only the things that we own. And until you're in a marriage relationship, you don't own that person. And so when she was talking about this space, that is important. You wouldn't want people handling what your personal property. So let's not handle, put our hands on people that aren't ours. Um, Let me just give you a single perspective because, like I said last week, you should all be single. Um, the question is phrased really, really, um, uniquely, or I like the way the question was phrased because the way that you keep your mind pure in a relationship is the same way that you keep your mind pure, period. So if you're not consecrated with your walk with God, and I know that I beat this over your head, but if you're not consecrated with your walk with God, a relationship shouldn't even be on your radar, so if you, if you want to be pure in a relationship, you need to know how to be pure already in your heart. And the only way you can be pure is to walk in the Spirit and to have the Holy Ghost and to know him and to know um, to have the Lord as your righteousness. So if you can't apply him in your life, you can't be pure in a relationship. You can't think purely, period. It's not going to happen. So then... Right now, where you are, single, whoever asked this question, I, you obviously have the right perspective. Because before you want to enter into a relationship, you want that purity already. I'm assuming you're not in one. So right now, build that consecration. Build the ability to be pure right now before you're in a relationship. And when you enter one, you won't have to ask that question. The Lord will be there. The Holy Ghost will speak to you. There will be boundaries that are set in your relationship that may not make sense in anybody else's. But the Lord will speak to you, and he'll draw those lines for you. 
just prepare yourself right now and love him more than you love anything else. And when you come to loving somebody, boundaries will be set automatically because your walk with God will be more valuable than your relationship with that person. I just say uh, on the entertainment side, you know, watch what you entertain. We talk about that. It just seems like every time we do a panel. But uh, like the things you watch, say it, movie or whatever or uh, especially the the music you listen to yeah. uh, just like in church you know you, music helps you get into atmosphere of praise the wrong kind of music will get you thinking differently and that will play out so you got to watch that uh, all the time and like I said last week you know it's the same with Instagram uh, I don't think y'all are on Facebook, but uh, <laughs> YouTube or whatever, you know, it's and the people you're around, the jokes you listen to, the jokes you laugh at, or you comment on, just watch what you surround yourself with. Um, so I'm, I don't know, something, something you said just kind of made me think, this might be kind of a sidetrack from what the question actually was, but... <laughs> Um, the one thing that you have to be sure of, especially if you're going to be involved in ministry, which maybe not all of you, like you're going to be like preachers or teachers or something, but technically you all still have a ministry as far as you're supposed to be witnessing to people and that kind of stuff, and you're supposed to be a light to everyone else, and you can't, you, you have to protect your ministry, right? And you can't let, you can't put yourself in a situation or make, let people see you in a situation that would reflect badly on yourself and your ministry because people see that and people and Cody said it uh, last week I think that people remember the bad more than they remember the good right when you do something bad it takes a lot it's a lot harder to get your reputation back than it is to just keep your good reputation from the start if you ruin your reputation people are going to remember it for a really long time and so you got to be very careful about Oh, what you where you go, what you do, how like if you're if you're off alone, right, in a in a room, just but people are gonna assume things, and that's gonna ruin your reputation. So you gotta be very careful about what you do. So um, my point is, make sure you keep your ministry protected, right, because it's a very valuable thing, and you don't want to ruin that. Ditto for all of them. <laughs> Another thing, ladies, do not be suggestive because that's fed off of so much. Like if you want to protect purity, don't be suggestive. And like I think that's just a pin in it and done. So I, I hope you, you caught that, you know, everything that they said because it, it's very good. And these are young people that are uh, young adults, uh, leaders that have put this into practice. Um, and it, I would imagine that we could ask them all and it served them well. You know, they, they don't regret those kind of decisions, right? I would imagine you can ask every one of them and they would say, I don't regret being cautious. And I just, I really liked what, what they all had to say and pretty much everybody had a, the, the theme was kind of think about it before. 
don't just go into following the crowd and getting in a relationship and just going in blind as a bat because your flesh will betray you. you, you you've got to think about it. You've got to pray about it. And you've got, and, and Brother Cody said it, Sister Amy said it, you've got to be that kind of person, right? So if you're struggling with entertainment, right, and what you watch, and, and young men, you're putting things in front of your eyes that you shouldn't, you're going to struggle in your thought life with all your relationships with young ladies, all of them. You're, you're, you're going to struggle with that. So what are you putting in front of your eyes? I, they, they said it so well. I just wanted to highlight it, make sure you got it. That was good, okay? Everybody got it? In their heart, you're going to put that into practice. Okay, we're going to switch gears um, now because we did a whole theme on that last time. So hopefully you got, took some good notes and, and you feel pretty comfortable, you know, confident that you can put those things into practice. So we're, we're going to switch gears because uh, we had some good questions that were uh, on a different topic. Um, we had two questions that were not worded exactly the same, but basically they were, what are some tips to witness to people, and maybe in their context, specifically back when you were in high school, young people, you know, because it's maybe a little, they say, well, it's easy for you old folks to witness, right, you know, but how do you witness when you're in ninth grade, right, and you're talking to somebody that has no clue what an apostolic is, or maybe even one of the questions says they don't believe in God, so what are some tips that you would have? Um you guys have the upper hand here because I learned a lot of what I know my last semester in diving into campus ministry. Um, and I didn't do as much as I should have in high school. But if you can implement this con concepts in that mentality that I admire, I affirm whoever had that question, you have the right mentality about your school. You want to reach them and that's awesome. Um, but I don't know anyone that has ever been converted or made into a disciple of Jesus that did not become that through a relationship with someone. You don't pass out church cards and make disciples. Passing out church cards is a great idea because that'll get somebody here, but it's not how you make a disciple. You have to make a friend first. So don't, don't feel pressured to, to look at your whole high school and think, I have to grab all of them. I have to love all of them church cards for everyone. Make a friend. Make a friend with an unlikely individual, someone that, that not everybody is paying attention to, somebody that not everybody loves, because that person's going to see your love and see your attention as something different and something special. Love people, and that'll bring them to you, and then they'll want to know why you love them. They'll want to know why there's something different about you, and you can break that down. And I would also suggest not, and I am 100% in agreement with the idea of we, we need to invite our friends to church, and we need to bring them with us. But don't make that your first, your first you know, shot at them. Don't, don't immediately invite someone to church, because I think we emphasize that too much in our culture all we want to do is get them in the church doors, and we think we've done our job. But we're called to make disciples, not call people to sit on pews. And, and they could sit on that pew next to you and never really know the truth. Hear the same her sermons that you, you're hearing next to you, but never really understand and click with it. If you don't take the time 
to disciple them, to teach them the, the word. And if you don't know it, get in your word. Know what you believe. Before you can witness to anybody, you have to know what you're going to tell them. And you have to know the truth. And you love them into the truth. And even if you stumble over your words in that Bible study and you fumble and you flop and you go home and you feel like a failure, God honors that. And you've planted seed in that person's heart that will be there, that matters, that makes a difference. So don't feel like any effort is too small. Know that your effort is honored in the kingdom. And you reap what you sow. So just go and sow and love people and tell them about the Lord. Even if it's not the coolest thing to do, even if you get mocked, don't shove it in their face and shove it down their throat that, you know, and please, young ladies especially, do not shove holiness in anybody's face before you shove the love of God in their face because that's what they need. I know they ask you about your skirt. Give them scripture and then tell them about salvation because that's, that's the attention getter. That's what gets them asking questions, but that's not what's going to save them. So let them know about salvation before you let them know about holiness because they can't be holy without the Holy Ghost anyway. So make sure you get there, okay? And, and just love people. Love them into the truth. 100% I agree with what Sister Amy is saying. We, it's our mission to reach for souls, but to do that, we've got to befriend people first. We've got to establish a relationship with people. It's interesting, if I can be blunt with, with you guys, um, it's interesting to me that I will see on Facebook people raising money to go on a missions trip 2,000 miles across the globe to witness to people, but they won't witness to the person that shares the locker beside them. There are people that we go to school with, that we even live with. There, we have family members that they need to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what we, what we do to reach those people is we've got to establish that relationship with them. If there's ever been a time to get on fire for God, it's right now. Because when you decide post-high school, I'm going to get on fire for God, can I tell you from personal experience that one of the number one things you will regret is that you didn't reach your friends that now you're out of high school, you don't see them anymore, and you, some of my friends in high school, I haven't seen them since I graduated. I didn't live for God through high school. I waited until I graduated, and now that is my regret, that I don't have a testimony of being able to say, well, I witnessed to the person I ate lunch with every day. And, of course, as she was talking about to the young ladies, holiness is not a deterrent for witnessing. It is the greatest door opener for witnessing. Whenever they ask you that question, why do you dress differently? And young men, why do you watch things that are different and only listen to different kind of music? That is an open door. And that is not an op a time where you just you know, kind of push that off because, well, I don't know all the answers. What if they ask me something I don't know? It is pride that says I won't say anything if I can't say it just right. Just because you're not the most studied in some kind of subject, you don't know all the ins and outs of holiness or all the ins and outs of the Godhead or Acts 2.38, that doesn't exempt you from witnessing to people. Just because you don't know all the answers doesn't mean you can't say something. And it doesn't take a, a Bible college degree to tell somebody that Jesus loved you enough, that he died on a cross for you, and it's his will that you be saved. And it, take, it takes no degree at all to say, hey, you want to go get a Starbucks? You don't have to have any kind of educational degree at all. You don't have to have any biblical understanding at all to invite someone into your life, and in turn, they will invite you into their spiritual life. 
Well, uh, like they were talking about, you know, being friends first, and because that's the that's the way to do it. I've seen a lot through high school and college too. People from a church down the road from wherever, you know, just different churches. Uh, they'll go and invite every. They'll they'll invite people to church, and they'll be friends with them that day when they invite them. You know, and they want to go to the lock-in. They want to go play basketball. And then the next day, they don't want to hang out with them anymore. You know, they don't want to talk to them. They don't want to be seen around them. They irritate them. They get on their nerves. They, they're they weird. That's not, you can't do that. If you're going to be friendly to somebody, you be friendly with them when they go to church with you and when they don't. Even if they say no when you invite them to church. Even if they get rude with you. You don't just ignore them. You don't. Because that, that speaks loudly. And even if, they, even if they never go to church with you, later on, years after you don't see them anymore, they'll remember, there was a kid I went to school with, and he always invited me. I never went with him, but he was the nicest person, or she was the nicest person. She didn't ever pick on me like those other people did. And all those other people that invited me to church and then picked on me the, the next week because they forgot about it. You know, that... That speaks loudly of you, your church, and God because, you know, a lot of the times you are going to be the only person, the only person living for God that they meet and they run across. And you got to represent that right. Let me just interject and tell a story to illustrate Brother Cody's point because I, I, I live this. I was, in, you know, I meet people for work, you know that. So I'm sitting in this lady's house. She's probably 65, pushing 70 years old. And she said, there's a Pentecostal lady that lives down the street from me. Her name is Sharon. I went to church with, I went to school with her. She was the, just a great Christian lady. She always had her hair long and her skirts. And she was so kind to me. And she loved me. And her husband pastors one of these churches here in town. She was talking about Sister Hedden, who's the pastor's wife from Redfield. So if somebody invited her to Redfield United Pentecostal Church, she's, there's, she's already a leg up, and she's an old lady, right? So this is years after high school, but the faithfulness of a young person stuck with her to say that person's faith was real and true, and she was kind to me, and now... You know, they're the pastors of that church, and she's like, "That's they're good people there. I already know they're good people there because I saw it lived out when she was a young person. So you don't know. You, what Brother Cody said was right. You don't know who's watching. I don't know if she ever came to church with Sister Hedden. Probably not. But 50 years later, it stuck with her. 40 years later, whatever it was, it stuck with her. So I think that's right, and I, I got to see a real illustration of that. Well, um, the biggest tool as far as witnessing is obviously just the Holy Ghost and the foundation of Acts 2.38. But you can't take for granted. Like You have to have that fire, that Holy Ghost fire, that excitement. Because if I, when I got in church, like I literally had people who I would sit in class and they'd feel convicted about things because that's just how much the Holy, like that's how hungry I was for God and I had teachers lash out at me. And like I'd, didn't hate those teachers. I, the Holy Ghost was telling me these people are doing this, like 
but you're shining the Holy Ghost in school, and that's really what it takes because they can feel that and they'll ask the questions. If you're on fire for God, God will make a way. Those people are hungry for truth. They are. I was talking to Cody's mom today, and, I mean, it was a sob fest, but we were talking about when she got in church, when she was at a different church that was not in, in truth, and she was like, is this all that this is? Every person has to ask themselves that question. God is merciful, and he sees that, and he made them. They ask themselves that. And you have got to represent truth with excitement and with a fighting passion for it. If you go into school, or if you're out in the uh, grocery shopping or something, and they ask, oh, do you go to such and such church, or are you Pentecostal or something? Like, don't, yeah. I'm apostolic. I'm apostolic because of this. And turn it into a Bible study. Turn it into something. Don't shoot from the hip. Oh, my goodness. That was probably my biggest mistake. It wasn't that I wasn't saying anything. It's that I was saying everything at once. Like, I don't know how many people tried to avoid me. But, the, like, I'm serious, though. But nobody doubted. Nobody doubted and could stand there. Caitlin is Caitlin, and she's back to her old self. That's the Holy Ghost. Like, they knew I wasn't doing the things that I used to do. They knew that the Holy Ghost had changed me. And don't forget just the foundational, simple things because that is the catalyst for your friends coming to church and your family coming to church. And that lady that's so old and cute at Cranford's that checks you out every time at the grocery store. And I don't know how many people that we've given Bible studies to in high school. I don't know how many souls that we've fought for and have been hurt by. And we haven't seen them in church, but God... Did, has done something there and he's doing something there. I don't know how many times that we've gone to nursing home with Sister Mary and there was a nurse there and, you know, she was just in awe that young people were coming to the nursing home to take care of the saint. Like, that was a tool. Like, get involved. Like, if you have a passion for God, don't ignore it. Like, don't. That will, if you're not responding to that passion that God's calling you to do something and you let it die, then. You're on scary ground. God pulls people in, and he pulls you in. And if you ignore that, who's to say that you won't have to drag your church, yourself to church for a year? Yeah. I think every one of us, I've been there. I've been there, and I'm in Bible college before. And it, it's simple things, but those simple things matter because it just doesn't matter about you. It matters about the people that are lost. And shyness has nothing to do with it. Absolutely not. And being scared to be picked on has nothing to do with it because if you're ashamed to be picked on, then you have your priorities out of balance because that's somebody's eternity and you have the key to what they're looking for. And you can't forget that. Like if my dad knew so many apostolics, my dad knew so many apostolics, and apostolics love my dad. He was a good man. Was he not good enough for the truth? And that is just a huge catalyst for me. And that's something I can't forget. That's something that I can't ignore. And that's just, that's just how it is. Um, as a professional at winning my entire high school to church, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I, my entire high school was in church, so I think I did a pretty good job myself. Um, <laughs> at college, was much harder, though. I mean, you, you should really focus on, on your high school. and I mean, it's much easier there. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I um, they've basically said everything. I don't really have much to add to that. Um, so, yeah, you have anything you want? <laughs> well, in high school, I was one of the weird girls because I was different. 
So my friend group was very, very, very small. And I did invite them to church and talk to them. Now, if someone asked me about it, I would tell them what I could. And obviously they could tell that I, like, my long hair and my skirts, they really meant something to me. And then I told you about the girl who chased me around the room with scissors because she tried to say, oh, you look better with short hair. Let me chop it off for you. No. And um, I wish I'd given more Bible studies. And I had a couple of friends. They came to church, and they looked like they were really going to get it. And then they didn't. And I haven't really talked much to them since high school. Um, they kind of, we all went our separate ways. And I gave one Bible study in college, but... She didn't want to come to church unless I went to church with her. <laughs> and then I haven't talked to her since, but I don't know. I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> I wasn't in here. How do you witness to your friends? Well, um, I would say in the way you conduct yourself. Um, I know that now that I'm here and I'm working and stuff, I'm just kind of getting to know my coworkers and trying to be friends with them. You know, if I'm going to be working with them, I want to be friends with them. Um, even if we do have some prank wars going on, there might be some frenemies there. <laughs> Can yeah. I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> but um, I would say definitely in the way you conduct yourself because people are watching. And I know I was talking to Caitlin the other day, and I was telling her, I was like, someone made a rude comment to me at work, and I was like, what do you do in a situation like that when you want to show them that you're strong and you're not going to take that? but you also, you don't want to snap back at them. And I think the best thing is to, you just got to take it and, you know, show them that, you know, there's more to me than being rude back to you or being hateful or just whatever maybe the world would do. And I think that is a big witness to those around you. And then, like, what if I were to have snapped back at that, that lady um, do you think she would have taken that and thought, oh, maybe if I asked her later on to go to church with me or something, do you think she would have been like, oh, yeah. No, I think she saw when I was my quietness and just, I think she saw that as strength and realized that, you know, I have more to rely on than just whatever you said to me. And I think that's, like I said, the way you conduct yourself is a big witness to your friends, to your classmates. Um, to your coworkers, and so rely on the Holy Ghost and read your Bible, right? <laughs> uh, you know, this is Arkansas. About eighty percent of everybody who lives here goes to some kind of church. If you invite somebody to church, or you're talking to them about God, and they they tell you they go to church, you respect that. You know, don't don't treat it as if they don't believe in God at all just because they don't know the whole truth. Just keep in mind, you know, when you're witnessing to somebody, you're not chopping it down and erasing everything they know and restarting. You're just adding to it. Because there's just stuff they haven't seen yet. They haven't gotten it yet. But if they have a hunger for God, respect that, you know. Don't just only want to hang out with them when you're inviting them to church and uh, and stuff like that. Um. You can start a conversation one of two ways. You can say, hey, you want to come to my church? To which they can respond, well, I already have a church. Then conversation's over. Or you can say, 
hey, would you like a Bible study? Well, I already have a church. I didn't ask if you want to come to my church. I want to know, do you want a Bible study? There are people that God can save that never set foot in this church. You can save souls, and never they don't ever have to come and be a member here. But you can teach a Bible study, and there are many Bible studies that the UPC puts out that are great materials that you can teach. And uh, I would encourage you to to get a Bible study chart of some sort, some kind of Bible study material, if you're serious about winning souls, because I think that's a better way to open up the door of witnessing to somebody is saying, would you like to study the Word of God together, rather than would you like to come to my church, where their grandmother goes to their church, and they don't want to leave their grandmother. Yeah, so all very good, very good advice, and I think, you know, that I hope you're taking notes, because there was a lot of good points that were made, right? Because it's, it's about relationship. That's what we heard, right? It's about relationship. you got to have a zeal and a passion for God because people can tell if you're faking it, right? I mean, they just know. You can, just, you can smell a fake, right? So that's what, that's what they talked about. You've got to have that passion, right? This is what I love. This is, this is who I am. So you have a relationship with somebody, and they can tell you love God. You've done your part, and God will provide opportunity and then you walk through those doors. And you're not responsible for their decision, right? You're just responsible for your life, and you do what God's called you to do, and you let everything else be up to God. So you don't have to feel like a failure if you didn't win, you know, if you get to the end of high school and you didn't win all your high school, right? You don't have to feel like a failure if you were a faithful young person, a faithful Christian through high school, and you touched people's lives by your example and by your genuine passion for God, you've done your job. And I promise you, I promise you there will be doors that will open, right? Just by the Holy Ghost opening a door. Am I right? I mean, by opening a door. So just have that, okay? So I hope you took notes. I hope you listened. 